It's Tuesday, June 6th. This is Accelerate Daily. Today, we've got Apple headset design specs. Look at what happened to Chegg once ChatGPT ate its market. Europe is also calling for mandatory AI content flagging. OpenAI is telling us how to use ChatGPT. And a look at how to use variables to amp your ChatGPT output. Get your hand away from that abort button. It's time for Accelerate Daily. Zero and liftoff. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Adam. My name's Mackenzie. Good morning. And we're back with three headlines and one how-to to get caught up on what's happening in AI today. Yes, sir. I think we might have four. One of them was not covered by news. It's just a very important link that you should definitely read. Mac, what are we looking at for the image of the day? Slightly wrong landmarks. <laughs> Slightly wrong. Yeah. So um, I see that's the Brandenburger Gate. Brandenburger Gate, yes. I, I, was, I couldn't figure out the pun because I thought it was the Arc de Triomphe. And I was like, what does this have to do with the burger? This one didn't have a specific prompt, but the... They're captioned. Uh, Landmarks on, of the world misspelled. Yeah. So we got the Brandenburger Gate and then we have the Notre Dame, which is a dam, dam <laughs> on a river. And then, yeah, let me go. My favorite from the collection was the Hoover Ham. Truckingham Palace. Buckingham Palace is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, Hooverham was good. Anyway, check out the link. This is part five, and the links are all in the top comment to the other parts if you want to check them out. But the CN flower was beautiful. We should do that to the actual CN tower. Good stuff. Before we jump into today's topics, a uh, reminder to like and subscribe wherever you're watching slash listening podcast, throw in a comment, write a review. Uh, that stuff is all super helpful for us right now while we're trying to build out an audience and find the right people. If you don't do that, then our super intelligent AI will invade from the future <laughs> <laughs> and imprison you forever and ever. So do it now. Thank you, John. John Connor. <laughs> uh, okay, let's jump into the topics. First up, yeah, Apple uh, lead most news streams at this point. Uh, what we have really at this point is sort of what I would call design specs for this device. They've committed to some stuff, but like it's not. You can't get it until next year. So I think this is important enough a thing that they wouldn't like error. Whatever that charging thing was, they like excitedly announced and then quietly disappeared once it turned out the technical feat was too much. I don't think they would do that. So yeah, I think we can rely on what they've said here. And what's clear is it's a face computer and not like a tethered monitor replacement type device where you have to have another piece of Apple ecosystem, mm -hmm. which is kind of interestingly important for thinking about the price, which I know seems really high, but it has a laptop chip in it. It, uh, it is a computer. It work, but it has, yeah. uh, it's a MacBook on your face with yeah. a novel <laughs> interface in terms of the processing power and the stuff it's going to be able to do and the connectivity and all that kind of stuff. When I talked about this device on TikTok, many commenters were like, why would you spend $3,500 on that when you could get the Quest 2 for $400? It's not the same thing. Like, if I have to tether to my computer and I can't walk around, it's like it doesn't solve any of the problems that I want this thing to solve. But this is like the way that you said it. It is a face computer. It's a completely new form factor for computing in ways that other VR systems are not. But the rest of the post that we linked to sums up a bunch of the other stuff that they rolled out a lot of interesting Apple Silicon things. And like, there's a crazy rollover here as they switch over to new chips where they get to say things like, and it's seven times better than the Intel, <laughs> whatever, right? Like those yeah. chips are in there. And so they refreshed a bunch of stuff that also make the 
nerds like me happy, like the Mac Pro. I have no reason to buy one anymore, but I used to when I worked in production and I'm looking at that going, oh, that's all the problems I have right now <laughs> with like video throughput and transcoding. The name that they picked for contact sharing also goes insane. Name drop. Oh, <laughs> let me name drop myself, bro. <laughs> and Vision Pro was even the name, I think, uh, was a surprise because they were calling it something else. Uh, Reality Pro in the lead up or something. But yeah, that's Apple. We'll continue to kind of dig in because the next wave is now journalists get to play with it today at the events. Sweet. So, Tomorrow. Uh, how well it like actually OS. works. And then yeah. I think Friday, we're actually going to have Ramsey on as a guest to really talk about the idea of like this power to reproduce reality. But for that, we have to talk about where AI hits it a little more specifically. Because when this links up to an agent that can see what you can see, prompt engineering isn't even needed anymore in the same way. <laughs> this one is a piece from Wired. Chegg embraced AI. Chat GPT ate its lunch anyway. Chegg, Chegg was an education company. Sort of like a Cliff Notes situation, digital Cliff Notes. What's your take on what happened here? <laughs> this idea, like what Chegg does, has been around for a, a while, right? There was a service called Cliff Notes that, and like other kinds of like summarization tasks, because students, <laughs> quite frankly, are busy. So, you know, I don't have time to read that whole book. I got to <laughs> just give Even me Even if I do, like notes. we talked about yeah. yesterday, uh, sometimes you're going to need to read it three times if it's really yeah. complicated. Yeah. So this service has been around forever, and this is something that just ChatGPT just does, right? I was using it this morning. I was trying to like write an email that used the principles of influence by Dr. Robert Cialdini. And I was like, I gave the book to somebody, it's disappeared, but I still get the ideas from ChatGPT. I still get those cliff notes to like do my work. So similar things for like university students. Chegg lost a lot of, they're like a publicly traded company serving the, stu the student kind of cohort. They lost a lot of um, valuation this year when ChatGPT came out over fears that nobody would use it anymore or like pay their subscription when ChatGPT did the same thing better and was free. One issue here of like using ChatGPT for all of this stuff is that true autodidacts are really, really rare. The like self-awareness to understand that you don't understand something, it basically is like a trauma response. It's like, it's not normal. So I think that there's room in the market for Chegg or somebody else to build kind of like a checklist around a syllabus and automate AI to like ensure that people are moving through the content and not missing things because most people doing this in a self-directed way might not pick up everything that they're supposed to learn on these topics in order to be proficient. Right. Because you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Well, I do. Yeah. But most people don't. Right. <laughs> You're truly wise. Um, the, the main theme of the article, though, is that they did make a last effort to say, okay, let's do this as a chatbot. People it, like sort of shows that for some subset of tools, there's not brand loyalty like there are for other things. And as soon as there's a thing that's better, people are, are going to go over there and not going to go, well, I trust the thing a little bit more because it's your version of this chat-based interface. But watching that shake out where things will consolidate to like, okay, the AG, the generalized agent People seem to want the generalized agent to handle this piece. I think another piece of that is just the audience. Like for a university, every single year, it's every single person's first rodeo, right? Like the, the Bert Kreischer being in his seventh year at university was so weird that they made a movie about it. Um, <laughs> that like, it doesn't like you just, you move through the four years and then you're done. Right. So it's difficult for that cohort to like build institutions of like, this is the right tool. It's everybody's first time every single time. So as soon as a new tool that's better comes up, obviously they're going to use that because there's no like cultural loyalty. Anyway, that's Jake. 
This is PBS NewsHour reporting Europe calls for tech companies to fight disinformation by labeling AI-generated content. This is maybe a quick one, but the reality is it it aligns to what we were talking about yesterday in terms of uh, ongoing government action around this kind of stuff. One correction that was thrown at us yesterday in 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 a conversation I had after we talked about it is this isn't necessarily about like putting the parental advisory picture at the, as the lead for your article makes you think of the intellectual property piece. And so it's easy to get diverted into. This is about artists and royalties. Uh, yeah, a little bit. But this is also about governments and misinformation impacting elections and things like that. And, you know, acknowledged existent propaganda regimes <sighs> writ large. <laughs> but the fact governments are looking at it and going, okay, the, we need to, like, it's not a six-month pause. But you do need to quickly do things like say, look, we'll figure it out over time where you cannot have these labels. But to start, we need to say, okay, anything that's generated in X, Y, or Z way needs to be labeled so that we don't have a war of the worlds situation where you know people burn their town down because they think the radio broadcast is a real alien invasion. This has happened. <laughs> it's not like yeah. the concern for hysteria is not, not based on... Uh, you know, theory. It's based on precedent. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about the cognitive bias for like seeing seeing something like repetition legitimizes, right? So yeah. if it's instantly cheap to get the same idea printed in various like levels of language and different speakers and stuff like that, and then you just shove it everywhere 24-7 and it looks like everybody's talking about this. Yeah. That can legitimize really dangerous ideas really quickly. Also but, fair. you know, I mean, that's the like, dance of public policy. If all your friends were jumping off a bridge, you know what I mean? Like, it's you as a citizen have certain responsibilities as well. It made headlines because it was published in OpenAI's documentation. But uh, OpenAI has added a section to GPT titled GPT Best Practices. Six strategies for getting better results. They basically read through the data that I was sending to OpenAI and they were like, this is correct, this is correct. Like every reading yeah. through this, I was like, oh, I'm going to get the inside skinny. I'm going to be able to make my product better. And then as I was reading it, I was like, wait, hang on. I've been doing this since February. Like, they are, <laughs> who they, told you? This is Sam Altman, Y Combinatoring. Like the idea of be product driven and data driven, 100% it is coming from your usage patterns. They're looking at that in the background and going, okay, people seem to have these questions. Let's solve for them. What I appreciate with this one is that it reminds me, like it's reminiscent of early SEO, which gets us to earlier conversations on this podcast about like large language model optimization and strategies that are new in the space of marketing, et cetera here. But like the back and forth is similar to what I lived through when people are saying, hey, I want a website. And then suddenly they started saying, hey, I want a website that ranks on Google. The only way to find out how to make stuff rank on Google was to comb through stuff they added to the docs or like it still happens. They roll out an algorithm change and there's this flow of reaction through a community trying to understand how to align against that for the purpose of commerce, like through the platform. Similar back and forth here where it's like, okay, so you know you're barking up the right trees. They have announced they're not trying to compete with you. So now this thing becomes a resource for figuring out, uh, we live in exactly the same place. We're like, okay, these are the things that they are also noticing is how you do this stuff. So my thought on this was like, ooh, we're going to mine this for a whole bunch of workshop topics because it all still bears talking about to figure out how to leverage the knowledge into building with the platform. 
I will say, if you're reading this today, if like if you're listening today, it's uh, June 6th. The very first thing that you should check out that provides the most context for the rest of our <laughs> conversations is going to be giving GPTs time to think. Like everything descends from that core ability. Providing extra instruction to enable it extra time to think produces all of these downstream novel use cases that I'm programming for people right now. It's always interesting to me the way that you talk about it in terms of the anthropomorphic side. Because it's sort of like, uh, when you talk about attention, like the metaphors are helpful, even though they sometimes fall in that space of going, talking about this like it's a human or otherwise. But it's right to some extent. Here you're talking about like, it takes time to ingest content. It needs to plan while it's speaking. Like right. the only time that the brain... Like, I think of it as like a mind. It's not like an animal. It's like a mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the only time that the mind is active is while it's generating. So giving it time to generate planning steps before getting to the execution step improves the execution. Right. In that sense, I say that's where you have to like write a brief and hand it to a marketing manager and say, read this and then talk to me. It's similar here. Preloading things, which actually is a perfect segue into today's workshop. So let's jump over there. So the prompt workshop I flagged for today was variables. Uh, your average person has run into this, in, at least in an algebra class. If you've done any programming, you understand needing to use variables for things. That applies in prompt engineering as well. And it's a really good way to do what we were just talking about, which is say, okay, here's some context you need to have. I need to make sure you're clear on it. Read this, align it to this variable. And then because the chat's persistent, you can call that back and say, use this template. Right, like if you want to precede with a template for how a letter should look, you can put that template at the top, label it template, and then later say using the template above, or using quote template above, which this is all kind of like lawyer contract things a little bit, but it's like programming in an interesting way. As you're like as you're moving through, this I think is something that's most useful for ChatGPT rather than like the programmatic systems that I think about building. Yeah, but for an example, if you okay, so like a company that. I'm privy to the e-commerce operations of is the largest vaporizer retailer in British Columbia. And a new product will get like approval in the country coming from wherever, China or Europe or something. And then all of a sudden we have this huge like 300 product catalog that has to go on the website and they all have to be on there today. So this is a really good example of like, here's a template of a product description that I want. Do that for cherry hybrid smoke and then do that for tobacco hybrid smoke. And then you just do like a bunch of different product names and then you get it into, as you like repeat this step over and over, you can get that task that would normally take like all 10 hours of your working day down to just one using ChatGPT by using this like templating system and then consecutive prompts of like, now do it for this, now do it for this. Replace those variables to get the same output over and over and over. And then suddenly really time-consuming tasks become easy. Yeah, to the point you were talking about earlier, realizing that the multi-step piece of this like we've talked about it as few shot learning, but the idea is even in the same prompt, thinking of it in that way. Okay, this is the th this is the context you need. This is the context you need. This is the context you need. The agent's capacity to to ingest that content is called attention. That's just a fun place in the metaphor for me in terms of like, hey, how much can you pull in before your brain yeah. starts going? Ah. <laughs> like, how long can you listen to a lecture before? Anyway. It's still a real thing here, which is interesting. And then, yeah, they say, what do they say? Write clear instructions, a bunch of other stuff. But yeah, that's variables. 
Maybe we'll keep going on variables tomorrow if we think of some good sort of examples. But that's the workshop for today. Think about chunking stuff out and you can give it a name and GPT will remember that name as the, yeah, certainly if you're in a chat interface like chat GPT. For some period of time. For some period not, of time. Not forever and ever. Be careful about that. But a long time, longer than you would expect. Long enough to do your work. Yes. Cool. Uh, that's Accelerate Daily for today. Like I said at the top, uh, if you've got something out of this, like, subscribe, even write a review. Uh, those metrics and the feedback really help and make a difference when it comes to reaching other people and uh, improving the show so we can keep answering questions for people building in the AI space. And if you make the schedule work, jump in the live stream. We're watching the chat so we can turn this into a whole different project. People actually want to hang out talk about this stuff in real time. There's also a lot of extra funny jokes on the live stream. Thanks for joining us, everybody. I'm out. I've been Mackenzie. Thank you. Thank you.